Welcome to episode 18 of the PFS Power Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Rob, and today we are delighted to be joined by Gretchen Betts. Uh, Gretchen is Managing Director and Financial Planner at Magenta Financial Planning. Gretchen, thank you very much for coming on today. How are you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm very well, thank you. Yes. Jolly good. Before we jump into the main topic, Gretchen, of building a brand, which is obviously the topic for October and the PFS Power, um, could you just share a bit about your background and how you got started in financial planning? I think it's always an interesting one because everyone's story is a little bit different. How did you get into it in the first place? Yes, so I think probably like many people you asked the question of, it wasn't by design. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm in Wales now because I came to university in Wales. So I'm originally from Wiltshire and then I came to Cardiff, fell in love and um, just really, really um, enjoyed the city. But I studied ceramics at uni, so I was definitely not in the mindset that I was going to be a financial planner. I, I made pots and sculptures for three years and spent a lot of time in overalls um, rather than in office attire. Um, so yeah, and then I, you know, I finished uni and I loved it and I and I really enjoyed what I'd done, but I knew that I needed to pay the rent if I wanted to stay in Cardiff. So sadly, the artist's life uh, wasn't that attractive at that point. And I went and got a job. I started working for a financial advisor who works in Grant Thornton Accountants. So they used to have in-house um, financial advice there. And they gave me a job and I worked as an administrator and then sort of quite quickly realised, actually, I quite liked it, like dealing with people. I've always been quite a people person. I like solving problems. And so many of those things that I think are quite creative, you know, of being with people, enjoying conversations with different types of people and problem solving. They, they all kind of tick those boxes for me. Um, and luckily, you know, they saw me through some exams. Then I moved on to a different um, different advisory um, role, um, again, in an accountancy practice, actually. And I was there for about nine years, sort of doing and moving up from power planning to advice. And yeah, that's how it all began. So then ended up in a much bigger firm in Cardiff and then eventually set up Magenta. So that's where I am. Awesome. And then focusing on um, Magenta, what was the sort of key driver? When did you decide that you wanted to set up by yourself? Mm, so when I set up Magenta, it was with my business partner, Julie, and um, we were both working in a much bigger wealth management practice that had been sort of absorbed by quite a lot of takeovers. And it just got to the point where we weren't really happy. We weren't be able, able to deliver the service that we wanted and have I guess the autonomy to make decisions that we felt were best for clients. Um, just a lot of red tape and a lot of stuff we were having to deal with. So we both decided that we should, um, yeah, maybe maybe give it give it a stab. Julie had run a business before, so she was a bit more more sort of um, aware of what was needed and what opportunities we should look for. And um, yeah, gave me this opportunity to build a business from scratch and um, I think my my accountancy background helped quite a lot to be honest the fact that I knew how to read a set of accounts and what was required to run a limited company when you're suddenly having to do everything as well as um, uh, being a financial planner you know having those skills to be able to step into that MD role um, was was really massive so um, I guess all things align and you know you've learned those things for a reason as you've been going through um and so yeah we're, we're magenta's five now we've actually it, we we left 
left that business six years ago. We had a year where we were obviously working everything through and stuff. So yeah, Magenta's just turned just turned five. So five years of of running the business. Happy fifth birthday. And what was um what was important then when setting up the brand? Because if we look at the brand of Magenta, and we're just going to talk about brand a bit more in a, in a sec, but it's quite unique. The fonts, the colour, you know, the, the style of it, the feel of it. What was important when setting up the business that you'd kind of learnt from previous roles and, and, and kind of how did that help you when setting up the business? Yeah, I think, I think it did actually. All of those previous experiences did impact us and help us quite a lot. So I, I'd always said that I wanted to um, run a business that didn't have a blue logo. It pretty much started there. You know, I'd worked for, for four or five companies, all of them with the guise of a blue logo with a kite or something <laughs> going on. Um, and I didn't want that. So that was kind of the baseline. And then we spent a long time talking about names and uh, why magenta and what, what did we want it to represent? Did we want it to be our names? Did we want it to be something standalone? I had another thing that was it had to be easy to say because I'd worked at various places where, you know, yeah. things things weren't that easy to say. Um, and then um, because we decided on magenta, which I can talk about why that in a minute, that led to the colour choice because, you know, when we went to our art team, they were like, well, clearly probably needs to be magenta. That would be... Um, but we were we were quite torn at the start actually about it because we liked the fact that it was different, but at the same time, you know, was it um, was it a bit too much? Was it going to put some people off? How how did that feel? And so interestingly, that did come then into play with our logo a bit. You've got there's so many different things to think about with brand, isn't there? But so what we ended up with. Our original logo was the magenta colour, but the text was chosen deliberately to be quite masculine. So the magenta itself is quite bold and quite, you know, um, uh, I guess quite chunky and stuff like that. So it wasn't too flouncy. We started off with whole ideas of it being made of ribbon and things like that. And then we were like, no, this is just too much. Um, so that was quite deliberate. And then actually, as the brand has developed and we felt more confident with the brand and with our business, we have introduced a little bit more kind of different softnesses to different logos that we've got going on and stuff. But it did take a little while actually for us to become completely comfortable with it. But I guess that's how a brand develops. Yeah. Why do you think building a brand is so important, especially in financial planning? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for, for for me, it's really, really vital because I think that if you can, if people can recognise you through multiple means, so it's not just your face that they recognise, there's a style that they recognise um, or a, a font that they recognise or a colour that they recognise, then there's so many more touch points that you can have with people. Um, and, and I think that if there was any advice I would give is that when we started we were I was still a little bit like was this you know do we want to go all into the whole magenta and um you know being recognized just for the color almost or or, or actually does it matter whether we wear magenta or we have everything magenta um so I was a bit nervous about it but now like the fact that often I've been even at things where someone will know that I'm from Magenta before I even you know even talk or they recognize us for that that it's 
it stands out, as you say, so dramatically from the crowd. Um, you know, and, and in our town in Bridgend, which is a small, you know, old market town in, in Wales, we've got multiple on the same street as us, multiple wealth advisors and financial advisors. But the I couldn't tell you what really what their names are or, um, you know, as you walk down the street, recognise that, you, you know, you know, they're there. But what does that mean? And I think, therefore, for us, it was really important to stand out from from that and be completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you say it stand out. And, and how does that translate then into the types of clients that you deal with? We have the word niche, but do you have a particular group of clients that are naturally attracted to the brand or are you still general practice, financial planning, helping anyone and everyone? Or, or, or has it has it meant that certain people kind of find you out and as opposed to dealing with the five or ten other firms on the street? Yeah, I mean, I do think that it has led to um, us being... I don't know if it's just, I'm going to say, I'm not sure if it's just the brand or whether it's the people. Um, And and actually, that's a bigger picture. That's a bigger conversation because there's a whole thing of my brand is is me and and your personal branding. Um, The reality is we've had more women clients come to us since we started Magenta than Julie and I had ever experienced before in a more traditional looking financial advisors. But is that because we've both we've been the only advisors, we've been two female advisors leading the business, or is it just because of the logo? I think it's probably a combination of things about the language we use when we write articles, about the way that we put ourselves out there, and 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 all, from all things, you know, uh, what the website looks like. And then also who answers the phone and how they answer the phone. You know, it's all one and the same, isn't it? So I don't think I can say that it's just because of the like choice of logo or choice of brand. But I, I, the reality is we have had, you know, a much higher inflow of female clients. And that is something we're really passionate about doing. And it is a niche that we 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 have wanted to um wanted to help with. I mean, it's not the only thing that we do, and I would like to think you know, that people would still, you know, approach us for any type of financial advice. But the reality is that we do find, you know, in that, in that sphere and also a lot more inquiries from people who want to have an impact with their investing, be a bit more maybe modern in their approach. Um, so we see we are, we do get a lot more inquiries along those lines, like people who are building eco houses, wanting to do good with the rest of their money um, and things like that. Do you feel that you, when you see that sort of trend of those types of clients coming, do you evolve your brand into maybe suit or not suits, maybe not the right the, the right phrase, but sort of tilt it towards attracting more of those clients? I think certainly that's something we've been looking at in the last year, just being aware that actually, you know, we're really good at those clients too. So why wouldn't you want to um, move the the marketing side of the branding on a little bit more to attract and go, yeah, actually, we can help women. And these might be the things that, in our experience, women might be going through, um, which we don't see so much of with our male clients. And so we have focused, you know, quite a lot of attention on that. But equally, some other things that we've got, you know, a sort of we've got a kind of three prong approach, but um, women would be be one of those, you know, so not not quite been yet ready to go. This is, you know, the only thing we do. And because because the reality is that, you know, we still get approached for a lot of other things. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And I think with all of this, with either personal branding or, or the branding of the firm, authenticity is is key, right? So how do you, and again, this is probably leading on to the topic of building a brand, which is what you're kind of doing in, in the month of October, but how do you convey that authenticity to clients in, in sort of real simple terms? You know, what, what tools can you use? What, what way can you sort of convey that authenticity to the people that are going to be consuming the advice that you give? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of, I think it's probably in two ways. I think if you're working somewhere that gives you the ability to be your true authentic self and, but that can also, you know, and you believe in the values that that business is delivering and the financial advice quality that that business is delivering, it becomes almost one and the same. And I think that as the director, as a director and founder of the business, it's easy for me because we built it through that. It's a reflection of the type of business we want to do and the type of advice that we want to give. And therefore, I would hope that the experience that a client gets from your website should be the experience they see then when they telephone or when you email or when you sit in front of them. If the language and style that they see in the website is then not reflected in the person that they see sat in front of them, you can have this disconnect because you're like, hang on, I thought I was going to be like really with this and I'm not. I'm not, you know, um, so what for one for me is that 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 consistency of message would be all the way through that you would, you know, cut me through like a slice of rock and, you know, magenta would be there. That's easier for me than it is maybe for employees and team members. So it's about developing ways that they can feel they can be passionate about the brand and understanding more so that when they're then you know sat there in front of clients they can also be 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 magenta but also be their authentic self and i think that's really important absolutely and do you think over the last sort of 12 months 12 to 18 months that your branding and the way you've delivered branding to clients has changed because of obviously the pandemic and things like that yeah i mean i think it's coincided in a couple of different things so the pandemic the pandemic i guess proved to us that actually really all clients want is for us to check they're okay you know and we did an awful lot of that just checking in we didn't do a vast amount of of other marketing other than consistently giving reassurance and everything like that but also it coincided with so 12 months ago julie retired so for 12 months now it's been me you know running the show on my own so for me probably I'm in this like next stage of magenta as well like how does that look with it just being me or whoever else might come in to the business with me and how does that move on from the style that was Julie and Gretchen to become become just myself running the business so I think you know, I've had a um, new planner join me. He's got some great ideas. He's the first man in Magenta. So that's a big thing for him. It's been a massive kind of like, adjust- weirdly, it doesn't, it shouldn't be a big thing, but it is, you know, we've got eight employees or nine employees and one person's a man, it, it, you know, and it's not as easy for him to wear Magenta, you know, let's, read, let's face it. Um, so, you know, he's been great, but we've had some really good, like new energy, different kind of ideas to bring to the table 
that has helped focus actually where we want to be what we want to you know what we want to um not target is the wrong word but you know the clients that we want to serve in the future and how that looks um and so yeah it's a, a new phase really i'm not sure that now the pandemic has much of an influence over what i'm doing so much i think when we're all in lockdown we were definitely on that kind of like reassurance phase and now i think there's a lot more that clients want to see about positivity the business still going well they want to check in with us and check everything's still okay um so yeah we we just you know moving forward to then that next phase really and trying to get you know the 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 same consistency that we'd had before just to to continue yeah that's a good answer and and i was going to ask you about actually the recruitment side of things at a, at a, a business where the brand and the, the the style and the way that you know the look and the feel of it is so important what it's a that's an easy one to answer or not but what do you look for when you're recruiting someone at magenta what what boxes have they got a tick to be able to say yeah you can come on board and and be part of this this business i mean i don't i you know i don't sit on a, an interview and think hmm how are they going to look in magenta or would they be willing to you know um be on brand we've got brand guidelines which any recruitment any recruit is is given you know as part of a a kind of uh, you know introduction to magenta too so i think for us it's more about you know you touched on the word authenticity passion really wanting and loving you know wanting to do good financial planning good financial services and and you know falling into those things when we named magenta a lot of it was about um the psychology of the color and um uh, you know a lot of our values then we've built on that you know and for me it's about sort of someone who can show great compassion someone who can get on with people have a, quite a balanced outlook i guess some common sense um all of those things um but yeah who can be strong and inspiring and sort of want to be part of a really great team i think you know we can tick all the qualification boxes you can tick all of those things but actually if the person can't come in and be part of the team be a team player and really enjoy being proud of a business that they're working in then it doesn't really work so we've made mistakes along the way everybody does with recruitment and we've had some really great people that we've hired that have really been part of now developing magenta that little bit further so yeah, I don't think there's a perfect answer to recruitment. I think um, you know sometimes you go with your gut and it works really well, and others you are disappointed. And um, I'm, I haven't found anyone yet who's got that magic wand for that. So uh, just go go with it as you everybody else does. To be honest. For sure. I love that idea of the connotations of uh, the, the colour of magenta as well, and what qualities they mean, and when you look for people. I guess we've spoken a lot about sort of branding for the company what do you think is also important to expand that into personal brand as well whether that be for yourself Gretchen or your team yeah I can't I'm a massive advocate for it I don't, I don't think that um you know you need to be a clone of the business but I think you have to be able to feel that you can um uh, you have to be able to be yourself but you also I personally do believe that you have to really think about that persona that you're putting out there um, and um, 
especially when it comes to things like social media and um, you know things that are so visible for anyone if they do a Google search. I think I think that's really really important. Um, I think personal brand for me, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know that I've deliberately gone and built this like personal brand, but I think if anyone if you asked anyone they would say well yes you have but I, I i i don't i think that probably is just naturally the type of person that i am and um i've always been you know very personable i always want to to make sure that you know um that i'm i guess yeah being a positive have a positive outlook and that has been quite difficult you know through the pandemic for everyone you know i think we've had all had covid fatigue and we all get annoyed and we all get you know twitter's the classic isn't it you know all get annoyed about fscs levies and fca fees and you know all of that kind of stuff but i think it's possible to be part of the ongoing conversation about financial planning without being consistently negative or argumentative and you know, I've had my fair share of people say things to me on Twitter where, which I do think, you know, things have been out of order. People don't think about the fact that for me, you know, I think it's a, it would be, it would completely turn me off to an advisor if I could Google them and find out that actually they spend most of their Friday nights just attacking other people on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I don't have a big, you know, I, I don't, don't particularly like that. So I try and stick away from that. I still do do social media and try and just remain to be positive. And then, yeah, I've just been really open about, I, I find that actually, yeah, it's about authenticity. No one, you know, everyone loves it when you just share what it is that you love doing and see your passions, you know. So with NextGen and as part of NextGen planners through most of the pandemic, I did, did more stuff about art and craft to keep everyone buoyed up than any real financial planning talk in next gen um, because that's what people needed to find something else to do with their time you know and that's what I love doing and and then you know I've got I've got you know I had my cat Basil then I've got now got two cats everyone loves seeing them because they're so cute so why wouldn't you just you know and it's like people who've got kids you've just got to you know show some part of your life and then people think actually this person's you know this person's actually, you know, really genuine and, and your brand can build from there. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I think it's it's a, such a valid point because you're right. People want to deal with people. And if you're a clone of a business that feels very corporate and is blue with a kite on the website, they're going to look, you know, be like, right, tell me about yourself. Oh, we are so and so. And this is almost what I've been scripted to say. Uh, you know, we had a we had a push we've recently rebranded at first wealth and one of the things that we've done on the website is include photos of family and i've got a dog so there's a picture of me and my wife and my dog you know on my yeah. picture when you, when you click on the meet the team which is people are like ah but time's gone by you wouldn't yeah dare. You but wouldn't i've dare had do that. no and i've had people phone like from a recruitment agency or from uh, like a provider and said and ask how the cats are <laughs> website do you know what I mean or I'll go to events and like they'll be like oh what have you made have you done anything you know and it's something else to talk about which is really you know refreshing um but I do think you raise a, a good point about the brand that you work in because I know that seven or eight years ago I wasn't as confident about being me 
to to clients because you were you had this kind of corporate thing that you you know where it was working that that you would and and you just didn't know whether you were going to overstep those boundaries and I think for people listening who are in that you've got to find a balance because I still do believe that you've got to do it in a professional way um you know uh, and, and I think that, that if you can stick true to that but also put some of your personality into it and not overstep their boundaries from social media and things like that then you can do it really successfully definitely and just just to sort of summarize then you, you mentioned at the start about the month of October on Power Talks you're hosting a show you're on a show with Alistair Walker talking about building a brand so what what can listeners expect from that if they're going to tune in and listen well I don't know I guess probably more of the same um I know that there's a couple of people on the call isn't there so it'll be slightly different bouncing ideas off one another um I think um there'll also probably be conversations about practical things that people might need to think about or where to start on the journey if you're um you know starting to think about either a new brand or rebranding I guess that there'll be a little bit of that as well perfect and the Gretchen, finally, the PFS Power is sort of all about sharing, collaborating and shining a light on people that are doing great things. Is there anyone that you would or anything that's happened that you would give a special shout out to? Oh, goodness. I wasn't expecting so to put me on the spot. Um, well, I all, so the person who, especially with brand, I really, really um, value is um, Laura James from Uniquity. Um, so she does some great stuff just talking about personal brand, your brand, consistency um, and things like that. So she's always worthwhile, so certainly checking out. And um, I know that also, you know, I'm a big, big supporter of NextGen. Um, they're doing a large amount of stuff also about sort of launching new businesses with their new blast off. Um, and I know that and Dan, um, Dan um, at, the, at Next Channel is doing quite a lot to do with brand and website builds. So, um, you know, if you're stuck and you need someone to be able to help out, then those are two people you could def- definitely talk to. Awesome. And if listeners want to reach out, connect with you, or if you've got any questions, you mentioned that you are a bit vocal on Twitter, but not obviously as argumentative as a lot of people on there. Where do people, where should I'll, people I'll get? Answer, I'll answer if they message me, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm at Planning Angel. I think there's an underscore between Planning and Angel. So um, that's my Twitter handle. And then, yeah, uh, you know, obviously through Magento or anything like that, more than welcome to get in touch. Awesome. Thank you very much, Gretchen. It's been a pleasure speaking to you and good luck with everything when the power talks in October. Thank you.